0: so yeah you know, slowly but surely
1: yeah i don't I, it's been super nice here thank god it's been i don't think it's been under like 65 since i got back which is just absolutely wild
2: jealous i don't think i've got a ray of sunshine since i landed
0: yeah it's been pretty cloudy the last couple of days what do we
2: think we
1: overall? broke 40 though oh you guys did we 40 today yeah for, i don't
2: know i don't think it did here it's pretty chilly when i went for a walk
0: well, because we, we got a shitload of rain yesterday. and
2: Oh, know. yeah. I guess it, it was somehow 46 in Somerville today. Yeah. Damn.
1: Almost, almost Miami weather.
2: Living large.
1: Why, well, you not got to step foot outside today, Jared?
2: I did, but I didn't look at the weather, and it certainly didn't feel that warm. Like, I remember being chilly on my walk.
0: <laughs> it was like a, almost a 40-degree drop from where we were before. That, that's probably
2: why,
3: yeah.
1: <laughs> um. So... We were abruptly uh, cut off last show. Uh, first time ever. No, uh, I love you guys. We had some commentary that that was... I knew I felt mixed. like a... Yeah. There was like I was a thinking of just like cut it, cutting it out of another episode you did and put it in there. But then people would be like, wait, <laughs> did they really end the episode like that? Or what the fuck happened? <laughs> so technical difficulties. Yeah, is it
2: snow Snowmageddon?
1: Snowmageddon. Um, Fucking Ted Cruz. But we all made it. Uh, I pulled my own Ted Cruz, got the fuck out of there. The boys were in Miami. And
2: we're, we're all not tan at all. Nope. Somehow. Pan.
0: I didn't even get burned.
2: I got some color, but not a lot.
1: We weren't in the sun too, too much. Like, I, I think no. Friday we were probably in the sun the most. Right?
2: Yeah, and I was pretty damn religious about applying sunscreen. How was the lame yeah.
0: I think Thursday was the longest day for just for Mo and I, just because we yeah. were just hanging out by the pool pretty much that entire day. So I I may have gotten a little color on my forehead, but other than that, nothing.
1: That was awesome now. Much needed sun. Much needed. Much needed. Mm-hmm. Good vibes. Do you guys have a awesome. smooth, um, smooth departure in general? Yeah. Nope. No problems for us at all. No. So I, um,
2: so I got to Miami airport in my terminal, like the only food option was pizza hut or like a mini Starbucks. It doesn't even have a full kitchen. So I was like, fuck, like I got to find some food. And I remembered Miami has the like Amex Centurion lounge that I get access to. So I literally (laughs) spent 45 minutes going from my terminal to another terminal to like (laughs) scarf down a free breakfast, have a coffee, and then 45 minutes back to make my flight.
1: Well, what did you have for breakfast?
2: Oh, dude, those a- Amex lounges are legit. I had scrambled eggs, potatoes, um, some fresh fruit, green juice. It's like the one we went to in Auckland, like that nice. Mm.
1: Yeah, yeah. What's green so, juice?
2: I don't know. A cup full of green shit. <laughs> I don't know what was in it. <laughs> okay. But it was good.
1: Um. So worth, worth the uh, hour and a half round trip.
2: No, but, dude, I couldn't handle the eating Pizza Hut after, like, four days of just abusing my body. And I was like, I'm not going to land till four. I'm not going to not eat all day.
1: Dude, I legit um, gained, like, five pounds, I think.
2: I I haven't weighed myself. I believe it. I look like I gained five pounds on that trip.
1: <laughs> I think I gained, like, at
0: least two. I tipped the scale at, like, 215 and a half yesterday or two days ago.
1: I'm going to give myself back. a
2: couple of weeks before I step on that scale. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Worth it. I'd do it again absolutely yeah that was that was well
0: neat uh, ready for another well, cubano well welcomed for sure what, what'd you say
1: Jared? well welcomed well welcomed.
2: Um, <laughs> i'm ready for another cubano cuban oh. sandwich
1: yeah man i was fucking Could good. live off those i'm still i was still seeing ethan's uh instagram videos of him being yeah. down there i was jealous. jealous yeah super
0: jealous yeah it's fucked up
1: <laughs> is it <laughs>
0: I just hate seeing, like, you know, when you leave a place and then it just so happens that someone just happened to get there, like, the day you left. It's like, what the fuck? Yeah, it blows. I'm just super jealous.
1: Fuck you, man. Fuck you, man. Um, All right. So where do we leave off uh, on for Stay Woke?
0: Well, we left off. We were jump- We had done, like, the miscellaneous um, Stay Woke segment, and-, and we moved into the education segment stay woke segment so we just started that and that's when you uh you got booted out
1: okay let's let's pick it up all
0: right so i think we may have jared and i may have started talking about this one like halfway through but we'll we'll just we'll just pick it up from the beginning and that'll make more sense so um the not all of these have to do with education because there's a few more that are more recent but um the next few have to do with the ever-changing world of uh education which is starting to worry me a little bit being an educator myself. but um, first on the hot seat is diversity, okay which you wouldn't expect to be on the hot seat. you would you expect that to be on the on the cool throne. but um, in San Francisco uh, there is a, uh, a gay couple, uh, two men who have a um, a bi- an adopted biracial daughter. Okay, and and then there there's a pretty much like the equivalent of the PTO in the part of San Francisco that they live in, whatever district that is. And he applied for it. It's a volunteer position. Again, it's just totally like, you know, using his own free time, like one one of the dads using his own free time. I think his name is Seth Branzel um, was denied a spot on the PTO, you know, equivalent for, uh, his district because, um, the parent committee or the San Francisco board of education deemed that he was not diverse enough. (laughs) And the school board eventually decided not even to vote on his appointment at all. And they asked the board to quote, find alternate candidates to be considered. So a homosexual man in San Francisco with an adopted biracial daughter, which you would expect that per kind of person to be king in San Francisco, was denied from a volunteer parent uh committee for his daughter's school because he was not diverse
2: PTA, enough. PTA, that's what I was thinking. I was like, What PTO? What the fuck are
0: you talking about? What am about? I saying? PTA, PTA, yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah, Parent I, teacher I get, alliance I or whatever. Yeah. Association. I don't want to say PTO. yeah. 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 Association, whatever it is. Um,
1: <laughs> Yeah, just the the teacher among us, just not knowing what the hell that is. shrugging it <laughs> off. Fine, I don't whatever. do sh-
0: I don't do shit with the PTI. I don't do shit,
1: man. Um, they do they do shit for me.
0: I don't do shit for them. Well, I do do shit for them. I teach their <laughs> fucking kids. Um, but yeah, so I guess we're redefining the term diversity. And the only reason why I can possibly think that this gentleman was not diverse enough was he's white. He was white. Yeah. Damn it. Fuck. I know. See. Even the white man suffers. Even in, that's in that's just, goes there, to, that's just
1: goes to show you there is like, I, f- I forgot where the fuck we heard it um, or if we talked about it on the show, but it's like that <laughs> they just create this hierarchy of oppression. Yeah. yeah that whole really interse- is, intersectionality and stuff like that. They just create this ladder where it's like, oh, sorry. Like you only check these boxes. Like you're not as oppressed as these people. So you're out. They're in just so fucking weird
2: i I learned of a new one today have you ever heard of a baby (laughs) baby? no but i can't wait to hear about it it's fucking hilarious sounding it's somebody's young kid who refuses to go by he or she and wants to go by they a baby like a baby that's a real thing
1: it sounds like that would be like derogatory almost Sounds it feels like they would be offended by that.
2: Yeah, they'd probably be offended by the word. Oh, baby. okay, okay. Yeah. I didn't. I thought that it's, was it's maybe like a like slang word,
0: but I'm sure up, they're pretty baby? high up on the hierarchy. What's going on, baby? Actually, speaking of kids, um, I had a proud, proud moment today in 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 uh one of my classes. With one we of your were, babies? We, well, I don't know if I, I think he's uh I think he's just a he. I don't think he's that's a how Adam
1: of the class. All right, they listen up. They?
0: Hey, hey. <laughs> Keep it together, today. Um, so we were talking; <laughs> we just got onto the topic of COVID, and this one student raised his hand and said, "Like, you know, a lot has changed in the last year. It's it's pretty wild." It's like, well, yeah. I mean, it's it's yeah, because it's almost been a year since you know our lives were officially affected by COVID. You know, it'll be a year in March, and he goes, "Yeah, it's crazy. Like, th- did you hear that? They're they're not even calling breastfeeding like that anymore. They're they're calling it chest feeding." And I just I was kind of <laughs> taken back and I just got I just kinda chuckled to myself, just like I didn't expect a thirteen a year old to bring that up and
1: Oh kid, like, if he only knew what I did in my night job. Yeah. <laughs>
0: right. <laughs> it just I'm a chest eating expert. I, I, I sent him the link on an email uh for th- for the pod, so he's gonna start listening. So Sure.
1: Have you heard of the? No, not. <laughs> that
0: sounds like a terrible idea for your career. <laughs> that would torpedo my career, most likely. Have you
1: heard of the? uh, What was it? The woke? What was the watchdog account? Oh yeah. I think it's yeah, called yeah, Woke exactly.
0: Watchdog, right? Woke Watchdog. He yeah. probably follows it. Kids, your homework tonight is to go on Twitter and follow at Woke Watchdog, and come back <laughs> with one story, and we can just talk about it. But it, it just it just made me feel great to know that that. There, like, there's kids at the middle school level that aren't as woke, which is kind of oh, nice just wait. To, yeah, well, I mean, and I, I don't want to speak for all of them because I'm sure there's many that are plenty woke, but this one in particular. As soon as they uh,
1: end the college, they'll be shunned for uttering those words and yeah. they'll change course.
0: Luckily, he was in a safe space when he uh, made that comment and myself and the uh, TA in the room just kind of laughed. It was great. All right, next on the hot seat, White Caucuses. Check out this idea. So Elon (laughs) University um, decided that they were going to set up a White Caucus. They even sent out a – they they put it on their website. They sent out a letter. Elon University hosts urgent Whites-only Caucus to to, quote, process, complicity, and racism, and they sent out this whole thing, this important message to the student student body saying, Dear School of Education students, you are invited to participate in the School of Education's White Caucus for white identifying students in the School of Education. Caucus will meet on Tuesdays at 8.30 on Zoom beginning February 16th. Great idea, right? I mean, what could possibly go wrong with this? Well, due to pressure from the public, they canceled that the next day. The white caucus never took place. And I can't imagine why. I have no idea why a whites only meeting would not actually happen. What well, part of the country was that? I don't know where Elon University is. I, if you spell it like Elon Musk, I'll Google it. Yeah, E L O N University. I don't know. Were don't you being exactly facetious in is. your
1: tone? As of course in-
0: I'm being facetious. Okay. Of course. I mean, what what the hell did they think was gonna happen when they when they were advertising a white only or a white identifying a caucus i mean it almost seemed like I, I i don't know and just in this day and age i mean even god even 20 years ago i can't imagine a school publicizing a whites only caucus no but whites you, only change that
1: the word white to any other race and
0: it's, ter- it's totally fine yeah it's totally fine i'm just saying like it just like what did you think was going to happen and of course the you know the media is going to get a hold of it and people are going to freak the fuck out but yeah it was uh the woke, inevitably... woke
1: watchdog found it
0: oh it found it big time and uh squashed the shit out of that so that never happened
1: that's what um, we should just na- rename this segment to and call you the woke watchdog <laughs> and every time oh! you have a story you just bark oh, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah
0: i don't know <laughs> possibility i can get a little pup i can i can wear um or i can figure out how to get like a puppy face um filter or whatever whenever the uh, segment's happening
1: yeah for all the people that watch the show that'd be great
0: well if just for the three of us it'd be great wonderful entertainment mo where is uh where is this place
2: north carolina it's a small private school in north carolina okay
0: interesting well specialized
2: so- in experiential learning so i guess experiential is code for white supremacy these days <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, so uh white caucuses probably not a good idea right now. Noted, noted. In case anyone was wondering. All right, next on the hot—I know—next on the hot seat. Math, my least favorite subject in school. Yeah. What was your—what what were your guys' least favorite subjects, by the way? Just out of curiosity. Math is definitely up there. I think math. Yeah, is, I think I'm. But, I think I'm with man, Tye, science. I
2: science. I liked science until we were balancing like equations and shit, and I just that never once made sense in my head. Like just dealing with made up shit. I didn't get yeah. it. I never got it.
1: Yeah, I couldn't stand it.
2: Math, I I hated, but like it was like it was just annoying. That's school. why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like the homework sucked.
1: Yeah, but like if like if you were decent enough in math, it wasn't super difficult. You know what I mean? It wasn't yeah. like, oh yeah. my, like science. I was always like, Oh my God. Like how do I cheat on this? Like how do I get <laughs> yes. myself out of this? Yeah.
0: Well, I, I think physics might've been the worst possible class. Cause it was right. high level science plus math. So that, and, and even chemistry, chemistry was, tough as shit too. I think my least favorite part of math though, and this relates to what we're going to talk about is showing your work, right? Cause you can't just put it, you can't just put an answer down and say, all right, I got, you know, you have to show your work. Yeah. You got to show the entire process. Well, if only the three of us were in school when this was happening, because um, Oregon schools, some Oregon schools are taking the initiative to make sure that no student has to suffer from ever having to show their work because showing your work is another example of paternalism. And and we'll talk about, we'll talk about that in a second. So let me read this statement for you guys, just so you're aware of what Oregon is all about here. Okay. So white supremacy culture shows up in the math classrooms when students are required to show their work. OK, so here is the here is the widespread message from uh, some of these schools in, in Oregon. Math teachers are asked to show. Sorry, math teachers ask students to show work so that the teachers know what students are thinking, which is duh. I mean, how, how the fuck do you know if the kid gets it? Nowadays, they, they have things where you can just take a picture of a, an equation. And it just pops out the answer. So, I mean, obviously, showing your work, you would think from an educational standpoint, makes perfect sense. So you want under- to. So, you know, the under kid understands what the hell you're, you know, trying to get them to learn. But that centers the teacher's need to understand rather than student learning. It becomes a crutch for teachers seeking to understand what students are thinking and less of a tool for students in learning how to process. Thus, requiring students to show their work reinforces, quote, worship of the written word, as well as. Paternalism, which I, I believe is another form of it's like, you know, like you, like you're superior. So you're making someone who's not as superior as you do something that even may even though it may seem like a good idea, you're not allowed to do that. So that's kind uh, of uh, paternalism, the, paternalism.
1: Po- the policy or practice uh, on the part of people in positions of authority of restricting the freedom and responsibilities of those subordinate to them. Right. In the subordinates, supposed best interest.
0: Right. So the teacher being the authority figure, the subordinate being the student, kind of like a little class system, I guess. So here are some other ways. So Oregon public schools were happy to provide other ways that math teachers could check student learning. And they are, you know, some of them aren't as outrageous, but there's one I'll say for the end, which is wild. And this is legitimate. Uh, Ty sent this to me actually a couple of weeks ago and it was it blew my fucking mind. So there are other ways. So ask other questions that will demonstrate learning when it is not clear to you how students know the answer. So you can give verbal examples, classroom activities like number talks where students have to engage in mental mathematics, not limited to uh, computations. Professional development as a department, solve complex problems without writing and share with each other about the process. So pretty much finding any fucking way to to get an answer without having the kids do any sort of work. This is the best one, though. Offer a variety of ways to demonstrate thinking and knowledge. Another verbal example. Show your thinking with words, pictures, and symbols. Classroom activity. This is the kicker. Have students create TikTok videos silent films, or cartoons about mathematical concepts or procedures. So showing your work is white supremacy, and before we know it, um, math teachers are not going to be allowed to even consider asking students to show how they got an answer in geometry or algebra because it perpetuates white supremacy
1: and paternalism. Like the how oh, fa- they treated the slaves. You know what's Fucked up is like they, these people in their heads think that they're helping kids.
2: Yeah, they're that they're that yeah. crazy. Like well, that luckily, is- it's probably like five people who are this crazy in the entire country. Like well, that will so, never happen.
1: So that's gonna be my that was my next question, right? Because we talk a lot about these crazy things a lot like every fucking week. There's examples that Adam provides to us in the listening audience. How long, well, first, do you think it'll ever become more mainstream? Uh, you know, this kind of thought, the stuff we play every week, um, you know, and it's pretty much dominating the Pacific Northwest, right? We had a whole, you know, practically a whole stay, stay woke dedicated to San Francisco, you know, Oregon's constantly in there, right? So, I mean, you can almost argue that its it's somewhat of a mainstream thought process there, right? It, I,
2: I don't think it is. I think it's within well, the small bubble of people who spend time on social media. It's the loudest voice. I think if you were to go yeah, but spend these are, time,
1: these people are changing like act like how schools actually work. So it may be a small number of people, but you these people are having an effect on entire school districts. Like was that an actual school policy or
0: just like an op-ed of somebody's opinion?
2: No, oh, no, no, that was
1: legitimate from the school.
0: Yeah, it, that's pretty ridiculous. And it does it does make sense. I think we can all agree that if something like this were to start somewhere in the United States, of course it would be the the West Coast and the Pacific Northwest that would like, like these ideas would start to percolate and right. eventually move their way east.
1: Jared, we the person that was talking about uh, meritocracy being racist was on a school board committee that is in charge of changing. Like that was changed. That was a real thing that was enacted that they no longer, it's like an, uh, what what were we talking about? It's like a lottery system basically. Yeah. I mean, these are real things that are happening. So I'm wondering like, do we think this is ever going to grow beyond that, beyond just, you know, areas like San Francisco and, you know, uh, Oregon and Washington, um, do we, do we think it grows bigger? And if so, like how long, how long before we're, we're there, where, you know, our kids are going to a school where that's a part of the policy.
0: I I certainly think it's, I, I think when it, when it comes to like different processes of learning, like I can give an example, like this whole thing has gone around the last few years, um, Rhode Island specifically I'm talking about, but I'm sure it's been happening in other places. Like this idea of blended learning pretty much having like station rotation as like a normal feature in the classroom where like you're not just doing the traditional, like sit down, take some notes, like the stuff you would do in college pretty much. They're trying to get away from that at the middle school and high school level. All it takes is one or two schools to say, this is working. And people will eat that shit up. So that is the only part that worries me, what Ty is getting at, where it could start in these small areas like in Oregon and parts of, you know, California, like specifically San Francisco. But all it takes is a few high ranking members of the educational field to preach about this at a conference or something like that before people start saying, Hmm, maybe we you know, maybe a superintendent hears it or a principal
1: hears it, They're like hmm, maybe we should give this kind of thing a try. So I think what's going to happen more is um, you're going to have parents speak up, right? And make it an issue and say, hey, look at all these progressive things that we need to be doing, that this school is doing, that my kids' school isn't. Like, Let's band together and let's make them make that change because we see it happening over here. We're going to demand it here. I think it's going to be more this as people become more and more liberal, it's going to become this groundswell of, you know, Hey, if they're doing it, we have to do it. Yeah.
0: And I, I think, I think the situation you're describing with parents pressuring the schools, I think that would be, more prevalent with like private schools where they're literally paying for these yeah. schools to be open as yeah. opposed to public schools that are tax yeah. funded doesn't mean, you know, I can speak to the to the pressure of parents they, it, it makes a big difference. Right. It would just probably make more of a difference at a privately funded institution rather mm-hmm. than like a public school I work in. I mean, I think it's crazy to that that it's actually coming to this in in some areas and to Jared's point, I mean, we're, we're not seeing massive spreading of stuff like this.
1: Yeah. So what do you think, Jared?
0: I mean, I agree with what both you guys said. I,
2: I, I guess like for the way I look at it is I think things like this have always been happening, like a school here, a school there, a company here, a company there. It just like never had the eyes on it and the platform to be spread across the country. Now, like I'm sure some crazy fucking shit has happened on right wing schools in the South, too, where you're like these dudes do what every day? Um, so I, I like to be optimistic that these are just like small little bubbles of hopefully, you know, fucking crazy people making these decisions. And I, I don't think that people actually are becoming more liberal. I just think, again, those are the loudest voices in the room. Like if you pander and like pulled to most Americans, I think most Americans are fucking sick of this shit.
1: I, like, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I don't I know. I, I, right. I agree. I, I agree that, of course, a majority would say that, right? And um, I'm just, you know, I'm thinking there might be a time where it's, you know, where it grows. You know what I mean? I think that time is now. I think it's growing. And I, I think it's just a matter of when that becomes a 51% thing.
2: Yeah. I mean, like, obviously, I can't use music reference for everybody, but like, I'm so annoyed and, like, sick of fucking woke stories. Like, when I read them, like, they don't even move the needle at all in terms of, like, getting the emotion out of me that they're written to get the emotion out of people. Like, I think half of those articles, not the ones, like, specifically on Woke Watchdog and his tweets, like, half of the articles calling out something super woke are outrage pieces to say, like, look at what we're doing. or It's peacocking, Right peacocking to one side saying look at how great we are knowing it's also going to get the other side outraged and like i'm so burnt out on i'm just like these are just crazy people i'm gonna let them talk into a fucking wall like a homeless person
1: right but i think the question is right if if we do that if you just say like because i think we all feel probably relatively the same about it right i kind of feel the same where it's like you know it, it, it does get a rise out of me because I it's just th- certain things like we talk about on here that I just can't believe. Yeah. Um, you know, and I might have an opposing view to. But yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't have the effort or will to care enough to do anything to speak out against it, right? So like, if a majority yeah. of people are like that, how, you know, it only takes a couple people that are whacked out like that to get into a position where they can either influence change or like directly change something like a school's curriculum or a part of a school rule or whatever.
2: I think maybe the scary part to me is like, you can see how these people get to the thought process where they are, like what breadcrumb trail they followed of this news article following mainstream media, all of this. Like I see, like I've got cousins who everything they fucking Post on Instagram is about like Joe Biden and Kamala and how fucking awesome they are. And before that, everything is about how Trump's ruining the world. Right. And and like, so you can see how these people have been kind of brainwashed to like think that what they're doing is like activism and making the world a better place. Yeah. So, but I think you could also almost compare them to the same people on the right side. Like, obviously not as crazy as fucking QAnon and saying like that shit's real, but not that far off. From like these people who are just kind of brainwashed because all they well the they QAnon one, people one are one source yeah like yeah like that's a, they're definitely not as like crazy as QAnon people but they have one <laughs> information source and they're just running with it
1: well you know and and I guess the more maybe the better argument would be this you know they they would say there's this you know pervasive you know nationalism within right-wing politics and that's dangerous and they're worried about that spreading you know what i mean and so but what i think is
2: like even funnier is that i think the people on the left would say the same thing they would think they're being americans and patriotic by stopping hate speech and all of these things like
1: agreed i I was just trying to get to a better comparison with you know right-wing you know uh ideology being dangerous because you were making the comparison saying you know, hey, this happens on both sides, right? Is that what you were trying to say?
2: Yeah, like I, I would go as far as saying I think woke politics to the point of censorship and all that now, to me, is more dangerous than people believing QAnon conspiracy
1: theories. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, because I mean.
2: Like there's no real repercussions or negative consequences other than maybe the Capitol building being well, stormed. So <laughs> you, you
1: yeah, yeah. For for sure, right? And that's a real example to bring up is like, you know, those people are crazy enough to have done what they did. Um, but you know, at the end of the day, like it was nothing more than a bad riot. Yeah. Like the imagery and, and the what happened, like with regards to how our president handled the situation was terrible. Yeah. Right. And one of like the most fucking just egregious things in political history we'll probably ever fucking see. But, you know, the actual day itself, like, yeah, it was fucking scary and shit like that. But like the only people that fucking died were like the people that were there themselves and they died of natural causes like it. It wasn't like this mass massacre. Right. I mean, it was a a terrible event that we need to make sure doesn't happen again. But, you know, I, I think in general, Right-wing craziness doesn't have as much of an impact on other people's lives. Right? I would agree with that. that. I guess that's the point I'm trying to make. Is
0: yeah, because you you don't see the the right-wing craziness nearly as much on like the main social media platforms now, that we're exposed to with all the left-wing craziness.
1: Now yeah. the the pro-life side, you could certainly argue has a direct impact on people's lives, right? Sure. Um, and that's definitely you know what they would say is a part of dangerous i guess like right-wing you know thought processes or um you know part of their morals but yeah i i think because i agree jared with what you're saying that i do think like it's making more of an impact their woke politics right like yeah. i think they're so vast like they so vastly outnumber like republicans and how loud they can be that it's like not even close yeah, It's not even a fight.
2: And I think because they're echoing what you're hearing on the mainstream media, too. So, so it's not just Twitter. It's like all of that kind of comes from a kernel of what they hear on CNN, MSNBC, Jimmy mm. Fallon, Jimmy Kimmel,
0: Today right. Show, all of that stuff. They're just taking it and expanding it to yeah. an outrageous level.
1: So I, I just don't I have to bring it full circle. I just it, it's. I do start to, especially in the last year, see this just insane movement to censor, you know, call for the firing of. Definitely, dude. You know, like uh, like cancel these shows, remove this person from this television show. It's just, it it doesn't seem like it's going to slow down.
2: Cancel culture has gone just from canceling people to now canceling ideas in speech.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Which
2: is pretty fucking scary.
1: And I mean, this whole thing with the New York Times, I don't know if you guys followed it, but that guy getting um, fired, he didn't get fired technically, but he basically got like- Everybody makes these companies make their decision.
2: Is is it going to impact ad revenue and their bottom line? Like somebody like the New York Times, there's the potential and they probably would- Lose significant ad revenue from people who are now are going to say, "I'm not going near that." But like if they didn't discipline this guy, where if you look at somebody like Spotify, whose subscribers don't give a shit if Joe Rogan has Alex Jones on, they're saying, "Fuck you, we're going with what's going to make us money, which
1: is keeping Joe Rogan who he is." And I don't the give show Spotify that-, that much credit yet, though. I mean, well, I didn't. I think didn't wasn't Spotify Rogan's unique? Against- yeah, like Rogan's unique only because he's Rogan and he's so big. Yeah. He's got a monopoly on the fucking podcast.
2: I, I, I guess world. I don't listen to if, any other podcast on Spotify. <laughs> like everything else I listen to is on the podcast app, but like I'd wonder like is Tim Dillon's podcast on Spotify? And like does he get away with what
1: he if says? If it called to be can if it called to be canceled, I, I guarantee you they wouldn't give yeah. a fuck about Tim Dillon. Cuz like, cuz there's not any. Joe Rogan's podcast. on all. They have whole so world. much money in Rogan. Yeah.
2: But but you get my point, right? The fact that Of course. That of course. At the end of the day, they, they would probably lose. With Tim Dillon as an example, they would lose more money by keeping him because they would lose advertising. I think
1: they're wrong in that, though. I think I think if if we've seen anything, it's that like this mob, this hive, like once they like you know uh, get their fill and just berate you, and you know they're ref- to the next thing. Yeah, it's like they're they're going to be quickly onto a new yeah. scandal, a new story. So I just feel like if you like weather the storm, like as long as it's reasonable. Right. And as long as the person is a, is a good employee and you know, didn't do anything wrong. Right. Like, cause I think there are examples of that, um, you know, that you should stand by your employees. I think the that's the much harder, with.
2: much harder decision to make. Like if I'm putting myself in the shoes of an executive and then it's like, okay, you need to make this decision.
1: Yeah. And unfortunately, nice. right. Like, uh, not unfortunate i guess it didn't Wouldn't matter either way but that's what i mean by like the the left wing wokus versus like the maga people like the maga people don't call you know whether they're too stupid or lazy or whatever just don't do it they don't call and you know uh ask advertisers why they're still yeah. advertising with yeah, said, you're totally right you're totally where right. the left you know that's they're very, very good at it. And they're relentless in yeah. you know, they, they won't stop. They it's their so impulse, the
0: impulse is to immediately call for someone's resignation. That's, so that's why I'm fired. concerned about
1: this never really slowing down, is that mob is so powerful. They're relentless. And they have Hollywood, they have government, big, they have big tech. Everything behind them. They're getting everything more powerful by them.
2: the day with big tech.
1: So yeah, you really know what
2: I wanted to ask you guys about, which is like somewhat related, and I was kind of thinking about it, thinking about these book people, the Black Panthers. So I watched that movie, um, Judah the Black Messiah. That was Judas, name, right? it, yeah. Judas
0: and the Black Messiah. Yeah, I haven't. So, seen so we, it. I
2: won't go into the details, but um, great like, movie. I didn't. I knew nothing about the Black Panthers before that. Like, do you guys know anything about the Black Panthers?
1: Uh, yeah. I mean, not a lot.
2: No. <laughs> kind of catch yourselves like sympathizing and rooting for these guys. But at the same time, obviously, it's not okay to go kill a cop in cold blood and have shootouts with cops in the streets. And, like, to me, you can kind of see similarities with the wokeness. Like, you can see why they think they're helping and, like, trying to better the world. But are they doing it in the best way? Probably not.
1: And I would, I can, I think I can have a pretty nuanced debate about whether it's actually good for. And we'll go into it here because we'll, we'll, Adam is going to talk about what's happening in, you know, some of the biggest corporations on the fucking globe.
0: Yeah, what we'll, they're we'll definitely begin to that.
1: Teaching people. So I, I I know I took us off on a wild tangent there, but um,
0: <laughs> it's all good. a good tangent. So at least we can all agree that hopefully, you know, these things are confined to the West Coast, right? Or yes. liberal bubbles. Well, you guys would be wrong. <laughs> because... A principal of Eastside or the principal of Eastside Community School in New York uh, sent white parents this tool for action, which I'll show you guys in a minute, which tells them they must become white traders and then advocate (laughs) for full white abolition. So I'm going to show you guys this new language of public education. So
2: Can't read that at all.
0: Can't read it at all?
2: Is that what you texted us?
0: No, it's something else. Oh, Try it now. Um, A little the bit. Eight, the eight white, well, I'm going to read them right now, but I just wanted to show you that this is like a little, like a almost looks like a speedometer, like a chart. Yeah. Kind of. And it includes the eight white identities, pretty much like almost like a, a checklist to, like, to see like where you, where some white people start and where they want them to be. So the first one is, you know, like in the red. So obviously the worst is white supremacist. And eventually, you'll make your way up to white voyeurism. I don't know exactly what that is. White privilege. Then we're getting into the yellow white benefit, white confessional. The fuck is
1: the difference between benefit and privilege?
0: I, I mean, they do have descriptions. They for probably me, paid so. somebody millions of dollars to come up with this shit. <laughs> can
1: Can you read me those two descriptions?
0: Yeah, yeah, I can for sure. Yeah, I just I'll, I'll finish the chart. So white confessional. <laughs> then we're getting into the green. Then we have white critical white traitor and then white abolition. So I'll I'll read you just the white benefit and white privilege
1: ones. I'm just curious to see what the fuck the difference is. So
0: they have descriptions for all eight and I won't read all of them because I'm sure a lot of them are self-explanatory, but white privilege means you may critique white supremacy, but a deep investment in questions of fairness slash equality under the normalization of whiteness and the white rule Sworn goal of diversity. So that that's what it says for that one. White benefit, which is one step ahead of that in a good way, according to the chart, sympathetic to a set of issues, but only privately, won't speak or act in solidarity publicly because benefiting through whiteness in public, according to the chart, actively refuses complicity, names what's going on, intention is to subvert white authority and tell the truth at whatever cost need them to dismantle institutions and then abolitionist changing institutions dismantling whiteness and not allowing whiteness to reassert itself so fuck <laughs> salting shit. the earth of whiteness
1: <laughs> do we just kill ourselves is that like
0: that that's how that i'm interpreting bit... it i think they just it's like an eight step program of how to just kill yourself that's, that
4: seems so, to be So it. here's
2: the
0: question. What what would happen if Thanos
2: snapped his fingers in real life and just all the white people were gone? What would the world be like?
4: It'd be a well, great place, it'd according be, to
2: it'd be an amazing <laughs> thing. They, they would think we've
0: reached Mecca. We we've made it to the Eternal Holy Land. I, I think that's the ultimate end game for <sighs> some people. But yeah, that that's uh that's I mean, the you know think of it.
1: We always talk about it and like what do you think who do you think wrote? this guy barner hesse is he white
0: i don't know i'm sure ties let me google him barner hesse barner how do you spell hesse
1: h-e-s-s-e uh no looks like he is african-american yeah Yeah, i guess it would have never
2: oh He's from the Department of African American Studies. What a surprise! He's really accomplished a lot in life. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, so this is the last thing I'll read based on the eight white identities. Wait, wait,
2: wait one one comment I want to make. Okay, is it that different? It will. Here's a better way to word it. When in the history books, when we look back 50 years from now, will it be that different hearing these people talk about white people and abolishing us as it was Hitler talking about abolishing Jews jesus
0: christ no
2: i don't mean i, I don't I'm not trying don't, to be a wise ass i don't ass. think so i don't think i'm so. not trying to be a wise ass like at what point is like it a okay white holocaust to... i'm not talking about like the actual murder of us i'm talking about just like the way that like you, you know you hear hitler speeches sure just the way he openly talks about jews in a derogatory sense like at what point is it okay for white people to be spoken about in that same way of we're the Pigs of society and the root of well, all dude, evil. you're well, living it, through think, it right now. I think now. it's it happening, is. dude. Well, like, that, open your eyes, man. That's my yeah. point. That's my point. Will the history books look back at this and like look They'll at the way as, as the start of the
0: revolution? The depends perfect. on who's. Again, a lot of it depends on who's writing those history books.
2: Like, are we only a few steps from getting a socialist fucking president, a la Hitler? who gets a little bit too much power and says we're going to round up these white people and do something with them i'm <laughs> oh not saying i'm not saying holocaust <laughs> yeah. but like
0: well what are you saying then <laughs> like knows, are, are, where are you thinking like in like japanese internment level like not or, or, not or like maybe the, killing the fields?
2: chinese um the Uyghur muslims they send them to a camp where they reteach them how to think cuz they don't like now a full hour of woke was
0: i not instructed to give all the, You're all instructed the to fin-
2: finish up last week's segment.
0: <laughs> and <laughs> you know, right. if you look at the tweet, if you look at Ty's text, that's incorrect. But we can stop whenever you guys want. I'm totally no, give fine give me woca cola All right, Woka-Cola. So white fragility is on the hot seat. So Coca-Cola, everyone's favorite soda, right? Or maybe, I hate soda. Well, at one point you didn't hate America soda. America
2: and the world's favorite soda, at least.
0: Yeah. Certainly... Very few things that are less refreshing than a ice cold Coca Cola on a hot ass day. However, are they sponsoring us? I mean, they they soon might be one day if we keep getting a uh, book review. Keep offers. Getting woke, yeah. So Coca Cola, also known now as woka Cola, reportedly forces employees to quote try to be less white in quote white fragility. Workshop. So I just want to give you guys a few examples. So the opening slide, apparently, according to this tweet is this lady on this screen. And the only phrase on there is try to be less white. So here are a few other examples of some things. So one slide set uh, focus was confronting racism, understanding what it means to be white, challenging what it means to be racist. So they're one and the same next to be less white is to be less oppressive be less arrogant certain defensive ignorant humble i guess to be less light to be less white is to listen believe break from apathy and break from white solidarity Another one here, in the U.S. and other Western nations, white people are socialized to feel that they are inherently superior because they are white. Research shows that by age three to four, children understand that it is better to be white. I would love to see the, res- the, the actual data of that and how that research actually goes forward. But yeah, these are just like, I'm sure, uh, just a few of the many examples of uh what kind of training the employees at Coca-Cola are being forced to apparently. I mean I I don't know. It could be uh, look, even if they're not forced, but
1: if you offer an optional training like that, pretty you much do you do realize that and if you don't take it, what is now what does that say? You're racist,
0: you're sexist, you're a bigot, you're white, white supremacist, supremacist, white privilege, all all everything we just been talking about for the last 50 like, minutes.
1: Could you imagine like I, I there's a slide that says try to be less white and to be less white is to be less certain.
2: So, so does that mean like literally show up acting a different
1: race? I don't know. Yeah. So they they want us to appropriate
2: another race by acting like, what would they do if somebody, somebody fucking showed up with like tape on their eyes and speaking like fucking Chinese (laughs) accent.
1: (laughs)
0: I'm not sure that's what they meant by
2: why don't it, but... you
1: try that, Jared? <laughs> and then just circle back with us. Taking over other cultures. I'm just a white guy. <laughs> yeah. Like what are you
0: <laughs> We're just a hodgepodge of other cultures. Yeah. <laughs> For real.
1: Um no, but I, I think this just paints the perfect uh segue. Not segue, but like this right here is everything we need to know about where we stand in identity politics in twenty twenty one.
4: What is President Biden doing for my small business? First and foremost, he nominated a woman to lead the Small Business Administration who formerly worked there. Second thing is he signed an executive order to make it easier for uh, minority-owned small businesses to get access to the funding.
2: It's, it's cringe, dude. I was listening to some of this shit earlier. Like, it's just absolute cringe. This this I hate this lady. I'm still waiting to hear what he's <laughs>
0: done for, uh, you know, he's done for small businesses.
2: I, I, Everything I, he, is about... Either gender or race with her. Every comment she makes. Well, it's not
1: her. She's just a fucking mouthpiece, dude.
2: Well, still, but they're like, okay, what are you know this? Well, I want to know that we we hired the first female in that right. position. But yeah. here's what we're not doing.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I mean that like that answer, like that is awesome. Like, that this is just so fucking perfect.
4: It takes several months to ensure that every American has access to a vaccine. What is President Biden doing for my small business? First and foremost, he nominated a woman to lead the Small Business Administration. Who-
0: like <laughs> didn't even answer what? the question. Yeah. Not here's the
2: how, the person he hired and here's how competent they are. They hired right. a woman.
0: How many people do you think heard that one? Oh, no, you know what? That's pretty good. That's pretty good. A lot. And that's that's the scary part is that someone actually accepted that answer like, again, why can't people I'm just satisfied. be reasonable though why,
2: why can't they say yes i'd love to have more
0: women in leadership
2: but why can't we just hire the most competent woman and even say that just say we found the best candidate who happens to be a woman we looked twice as hard and through 50 candidates instead of five to find the right woman for this position i'd be okay with that
1: sure i mean yeah i have no problem with that i, I don't Think you should be like searching to have a woman specifically or a man. Like I think you should do your due diligence and you know bring in uh, a diverse people right to interview for a position, and then you pick the best candidate.
2: Yeah, but but I do think like I understand why there needs to be extra effort to get women or bipocs or whatever they call are called. What into bipox? Bipox.
0: BIPOCs. <laughs> Black Indigenous people of color. Oh, I've never heard that before. You've heard that, Ty, right?
2: Yeah,
1: of
0: course. I've heard. Yeah. People of color. I didn't. I didn't know bipox was a thing.
2: All right. Um, I get why they're doing what they're doing.
1: Yeah, sure. I got that.
2: I, I mean, I don't know st- I don't it. like that lady. What's her name? The redhead.
1: Jensaki.
2: Did a bigger I mean, one eighty on her than I did on our boy Scotty Newsom.
1: Twisty's back.
0: <laughs> so um, one one thing about like that pretty much affirmative action is what we're describing. So Emma's previous job with
1: Schneider was was with H. Uh, you know, we all are saying like, yeah, of course we understand the need to put an extra emphasis on it. It's just it seems like nowadays like everything needs to be yep. like put into that like round hole of race, gender, identity. Yeah, it's fucking crazy. Yeah, um, but. Uh, away to topics we know nothing about or away from topics we know nothing about in terms of race, We're all three three white guys. but um, see uh, something I'm intimately uh, involved in is the crisis here in Texas. Um, so I wanted to play this uh, clip, uh, clip from Crystal uh, when she kind of goes off on like really how this happened. Like, why it happened, and like not really uh, buying into what, you know, Cruz and some of the other people are saying is the reason why we're in this place.
4: Texas's experiment with aggressively deregulating their energy sector is just one dramatic example of the kind of blind market magical
1: demand. And so, if demand was low, you got a super low rate. Yeah. You were paying like wholesale price. If the demand goes up, It goes up exponentially. And like, that's what happens when there is no regulation. These companies get
2: away with whatever they want. Yeah. Free
1: market sounds great, but this is the kind of shit that happens, right? Without anyone's consent or control, right? Whose lives it affects if it goes wrong. And it just goes, you know, unquestioned. Yeah. Until it blows up. And like I mean, Cruz is pathetic. So Ted Cruz ditches the state, <laughs> goes to Cancun, Flies back caught, the same day, flies back, and uh, he. So he was on. Um, where is this?
4: These are He's a couple... the, like
1: the biggest cuck I could
2: just even picture in my head. Like if I just think of a cuck, I picture him.
1: Well, the last point I wanted to make before I play these couple cruise clips was that is exactly what we just described about the variable rates and the energy. Like that is exactly what happened in the like financial crisis. Yeah, I I literally
2: started thinking that as you just started saying that sentence. Yep, we let them just get away with whatever they wanted.
1: Yeah, and like all it it was all happening, right? Like as we live our daily lives. And meanwhile, we were just one disaster away from, you know, making everybody broke. Like, who did, the fuck did, can afford a $17,000 electric bill? And did you Nobody. see the
2: propo- the solution that the electric company proposed? What? They said, don't worry. We're going to offer payment plans to up to 10 years to let you pay this off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> pay off one goddamn my, your
0: bill. Ass. You're going
2: to yeah. off a fucking car worth of electricity
1: so this, this is uh my senator ted cruz on uh on, on why he thinks this happened
0: we just came off of a very difficult week where the grid failed four million texans and so we need to have a serious examination about why that was why the grid came short But one of the major elements of that is actually the policy that Schumer is pushing for the whole country, which which is the Green New Deal. You look at Texas right now, about 25 percent of our electricity capacity is wind. And yet in the middle of this storm, that capacity dropped all the way down to two percent. You want to talk about reliability. The the reality was in the cold, the wind turbines froze and and the power generation wasn't there. That.
1: (laughs) Wow. So I also listened to Kalinsky today. I, I watched some random clip of him commenting on this. And now, of course, like, I, I don't have the I don't take the time to, like, fact check all these people. But Kalinsky was like wind and nuclear energy both outperformed uh, fossil fuels during this crisis, like two percent. If that's the number, then fossil fuels were just like zero.
2: <laughs> yeah. That's probably what happened, dude.
1: Yeah, I mean, like, how, like how these fucking... people
2: are such slime balls, man. Like you immediately blame it on the new Green Deal. You're not. How can we make something this better? that's
1: not even enacted? Nope. You you, right. you just
2: make it political and immediately try and make Democrats look bad. Like, you can't trust these people
1: at all. No, it's pathetic, dude. Listen, listen to fucking Hannity because this is him on Hannity. You
0: dropped off your your daughters in Mexico. You came home in a day, probably less than a day. And here you have this scandal with Governor Cuomo, barely mentioned on these so-called other news networks. You're like 24-7 because you dropped somebody off and you came back home. I still think you can be a father and senator at the same time. Um, And then you look at the scandal in New York
1: and the cover-up. Where's the proportionality from the mob and the media? We got less than that actually wasn't what I thought it was, but still, I mean, great point. That's a uh, great that's, point by Hannity. Yeah, uh, it's a great point. <laughs> but I mean, like, he, he just fuck. Oh god, it pisses me off. Like, he just has he, fucking Ted Cruz on to just play slapdick. Yep. Like, Cruz is fucking pathetic, man. Like, how do you, how do you, how that are. fucking stupid dude, to, like, you're you're walking through an international fucking airport, and you're the senator of Texas.
2: Everybody in America knows who you are. <laughs>
1: yes, for the wrong reasons. He is, yeah. He is one of the most popular senators, probably in the country, right? Certainly top, the most top, one of the more controversial. Five. Definitely recognized. Well, that's what I mean. That's yeah. why he's, I think he's popular, right? Is because he's yeah so controversial. And you fucking fly to Cancun while well, your entire fucking state is in like complete lockdown, frozen. Is, over. is in
0: an apocalypse. Yeah. And the only reason he, he comes back is the public backlash. Totally. It,
1: it, yeah, of course. I mean and that that's not going out. In the a limb, the clip I wanted to play was him saying, like, you know, the girls, they said, Dad, school's out for the week. We go on a trip. It's cold. I said, Sure, I wanted to be a good dad. So <laughs> we flew to Mexico and then he goes, Well, I was on the plane. I, I just I Almost immediately started to feel <laughs> regret. And, you know, that's why I decided to like turn right back around or something like that. I was like, he's like the right wing. How do you fucking say that with a straight face?
0: Similar
2: slime balls. He's like the
1: right wing uh, Cuomo.
0: Kind of, kind of, you know, like something yeah. crazy like this happens, like what gets happened to both of them. And, and they just, they make themselves like these sympathetic figures.
1: Dude. All it right.
2: also just shows like how detached these senators are from reality if that story has a grain of truth in it that it just it's cold one day and you're so rich and have no responsibility you can just take an ad hoc trip to Cancun cuz your kids asked you to. Like that's ridiculous. What a life.
1: What a life. almost like ditching to Miami for the weekend. <laughs>
2: <laughs> if we plan that Miami trip on Thursday, well,
0: at least we're not running a state, so Right, a little different. Um, yeah, we earned so. it more than Cruz. Cruz doesn't deserve any fucking chips with no, all the he shit he's just pulled. rot right in the us. ground.
1: So we'll we'll transition to uh, our second favorite governor, Andrew Cuomo. Um, ABC uh, gave the Ted Cruz uh, Cancun fiasco four times more coverage <laughs> than Cuomo.
0: Dude, they were probably high-fiving each other in, in the, in the oh, meeting fuck room. Fuck yeah. Yeah, like, thank um, God. Our boy Cuomo was off the hook for a few days.
2: Dude,
1: Politico <laughs> had a headline. It was a real fucking headline that said in the... I'll like, oh, paraphrasing. We didn't think the age of political scandal was going to come back, but now we have it with, t- with Senator Ted Cruz. <laughs> it. And it was a, it was a real fucking thing from a oh, real news man. outlet. It's, it's fucking insane. I get fucking whiplash
2: from these podcasts from the amount of times I'm sitting here just going like this with my
0: head. <laughs> this, this is exactly why we'll, we'll, like if we, as long as we want to, we're always going to have content for this shit.
1: Cause it, stuff like this happens changing. every single day. Um, so did you guys see – uh he was on Rising. Uh, I've got a clip of him on there in a little bit. But did you guys see or hear everything going around about Assemblyman Ron Kim? Yeah, I watched that. Oh, yeah, sorry. I did. Yep. So this is, uh, you know, just a, a local politician, right? Uh, I don't know what an Assemblyman's job is, uh, but he's an Assemblyman in, in the state of New York. And this guy – so he actually had one of his uh, – I think it was either his parents or his um, – in-laws die in a nursing home in New York. And he's been like championing this effort to expose Cuomo since fucking April. Since like the order was in effect. Like he was like on the ground in nursing home saying like something's wrong here. Like fifty people have died here in the last like two days. You know, there was videos of him back in March like saying this stuff. And so he is Finally, now that the story broke about, um, you know, the aide admitting that they hid all the data, um, this guy is catching like a huge amount of shit from Cuomo. Listen to this.
4: Exactly. Did the governor want you to do? Um, and and what, what did he mean by are you an honorable man? What was the thing? Can you recount the phone call and what the point of it was? The re-
1: so he gets a phone call from Cuomo.
5: Okay yeah uh thank you and you for having me on the show and i think what's happening here is when we get closer to the truth behind the growing nursing home scandal in new york governor Cuomo tries to implicate you in the cover-up or threatens your livelihood if you don't lie for him and that's what happened to me in the last one week i was one of six lawmakers in that private meeting for two hours with secretary DeRosa. When she accidentally told us the truth, that there was a cover-up in fear that the information had been recognized against Governor Cuomo. But that moment, I had to tell the truth and I had to let the public know what happened. And Governor Cuomo called me the, late, the next day at 8 p.m. While I was about to bathe my kids, I was with my wife, and for 10 minutes, uh, he berated me, uh, he yelled at me, uh, he told me that, you know, my career will be over, he's been biting his tongue for months against me. And I had tonight, not tomorrow, tonight, to issue a new statement, essentially asking me to lie um, and asking me, like I, I just, I heard and I saw a crime the other day, and he's asking me that I did not see that crime.
1: Dude, like that's like straight out of a movie.
2: Dude, that's not surprising at all. Like yeah. that's how I picture Cuomo. like literally a mobster it goes right
0: along with everything we've been hearing that's why this is so believable this 100% happened
2: what what station was that interview ty was that somebody like reasonable actually covering this
1: it was msnbc i don't know who that okay um, well
2: kudos to msnbc for having that guy on. true yeah i'm
1: surprised um and this was him on rising
4: frustrating was it for you to watch that type of media lionization and just softball treatment while people's lives were literally at risk?
5: Uh, You have no idea. Uh, It it just felt so demoralizing at times. And I felt like I was living an alternative reality for a couple of months because I saw the truth of what's happening and I felt like no one was listening uh, to what I was saying. I reached a point where we actually took Seventy pages of our report took it to the United Nations and said there is a violation of human rights that had occurred A, mm-hmm. a crime against humanity has occurred in New York state uh, because no one else seemed to care um, And I, I needed to document what I saw at someone uh, that mattered. Uh, that's the level of frustration that I reached at some point um, But again everyone in New York like you said knew about his abusive tactics uh, against staff elected officials even journalists for years but all these years, you know, I think he's used this extreme power, intergenerational network and privilege to get away with it. But now we're taking a stance saying enough is enough.
1: I, f- I so hope fucked up, man. this guy gets what's coming to him.
2: How can he not at this point? Like, how the hell do they cover this up and like not have any type of repercussions?
1: I don't understand. I mean, uh, I like, hope there's an investigation going on.
2: You would assume that this leaks and it's getting as messy as it is and you're Andrew Cuomo and you are 70. You say, you know what? I'm going to resign. I'm going to call it a career. His
1: ego is way too Just big. call the Nixon. Like, dude, ego's you're way too 70 big. years old. They're, the, these. It, this is what we talk about. These politicians are obsessed. It? They're power hungry. Yeah.
2: I think they see themselves as gods. I really do. Yeah. And, well, um, especially him. He's been built up as a demigod since March. That's all fucking the left's fault, man. They regret that one now, huh? What do you now, think th- nobody likes Cuomo.
1: <laughs> <laughs> what do you think the uh, Biden administration's take on Cuomo is? Uh, are they going to circle back to it?
3: Okay, I, I want uh, to turn to another controversy that, that raged this week. Uh, Andrew Cuomo... Uh, under fire for um, allegedly not being transparent uh, and misleading. Is that uh, Chris Cuomo uh, talking? uh, On a a number of nursing home deaths in New York. Uh, Last spring, President Biden cited Andrew Cuomo as the gold standard uh, for leadership during the pandemic. Take a listen.
1: Your governor of New York's done one hell of a job. I think he's, he's sort of the gold standard.
3: So... Now we've seen uh, that Governor Cuomo has allegedly undercounted nursing home deaths, misled legislators in New York, and he called uh, a New York Assembly, um, I uh, Ron Kim, uh, raising questions, um, uh, you know, ba- basically um, threatening to destroy him, I think was his actual words. So does President Biden still consider Andrew Cuomo the gold standard when it comes to leadership on the pandemic?
4: Well, John, we work with Governor Cuomo just like we work with governors across the country. He's also chair of the NGA, so uh, he plays an important role uh, in ensuring that we're coordinating closely and getting assistance out to people of his state and to states across the country. And we'll continue to do that. And there, of course, will be a process. The investigations will leave that to others to determine, the appropriate law enforcement authorities to determine uh, how that path is going to move uh, as we look forward. But we are going to continue to work with a range of governors, including, of course, Governor Cuomo, because we think the people of New York, the people of states across the country uh, need assistance, uh, not just to get through the pandemic, but to get through this difficult economic time. And that's that's where our focus remains.
3: All right. But, Jen, my question was, does President Biden (laughs) still believe that Andrew Cuomo is the gold standard, represents the gold standard on leadership during this pandemic?
4: Just a yes or no. Does he well, John, the, the, the president, the pre- the president, uh, well, it
1: doesn't always have to be a yes or no answer, John. I think the president... But it should be. <laughs> Jesus Christ, that's all you need man. is a yes or no. That is pathetic. That is fucking she, pathetic. He is
2: cringe, dude. Cringe.
1: That is just awful. Like, how do you not fucking condemn what's going on in New York right now? Like, who fucking cares that he's Cuomo's a Democrat? Wouldn't that just be a layup? it'd like, be such an easy thing to say i mean why we absolutely not? you know based on what's alleged we would not consider that the gold standard whatsoever no
0: right yeah right. and and that's true Ty. like you don't even have to say like he's guilty just say, like based on right. the information we have we, we do not condone this kind of behavior from right from you can any, say any the investigation needs
1: to play itself out but based sure. on what's alleged no that is not the gold standard and we are still Mandated to work with Governor Cuomo because the people of New York need federal help. But sure. you know, if if what is alleged is true, then that's absolutely, you know, the furthest thing from our gold standard. Like, like, she couldn't fuck- even come close to no. saying that. She didn't say one fucking bad word about him. Nope, nope. That's disgusting. Ugh. Um, what else do we have? <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! Yeah, so. Um, we might not have Fox News and Newsmax no and uh, OANN anymore. Yes, you guys.
2: Dude, see when that, that
0: happens, another <laughs>
2: fucking another Holocaust comparison, just or not Holocaust, another Nazi comparison. <laughs> dude, let me get, let me revise get that.
0: genocide out of your head.
2: Jeez. but it's another Nazi comparison.
1: What do you think? Give me more deets. So, two Democratic members of Congress right now are pressuring uh, like the likes of AT&T, Verizon, Comcast, like all the cable news providers or, uh, excuse me, cable providers um, to essentially purge news networks uh, like Fox and, and Newsmax and OAN. Um, and they wrote a letter to these people and uh, had a number of points on it. The point I'm looking at right now says, uh, are you planning to continue carrying Fox News, Newsmax, uh, and OANN on UVerse Direct TV, AT&T TV, both now and beyond any contract renewal date? If so, why? So Do they respond is... yet or no? I, I no. I mean, I haven't, I haven't seen. I think they just sent this like days ago. Um, but I mean, we I- now I would, have I'd like members of congress like people in like the highest you know one some of the highest levels of government in our country yeah are, are taking it upon themselves to call for the abolishment of news outlets
0: yeah that that's that's troublesome it's incredibly troublesome cuz it's one thing if you got a bunch of woke people tweeting about it which obviously really has no right big impact on anybody but when you have members of congress just even if it's one or two like you said just the two that that happen to do it or raise the how question it starts man that exactly and yeah i'd like spread like, to like see, wildfire
2: i would like to see how this would ever happen some actual leadership for fucking free speech to end up in the democratic party whether it's another congressperson or um even biden to say like this is not what America is. America is right. about free speech and about becoming better by discussing our differences and not silencing. Rather that. than like, just
0: erasing them.
2: Everybody in America, other than the Wokies, would get behind that <laughs> statement.
0: Wokies. I like that. The
2: Wokies. We got the Wokies versus the BIPOCs.
1: Versus the babies. <laughs> versus the, the babies. Wavies.
2: The Wokies, Wabies, and WIPOCs. They're BIPOCs. <laughs> <by Fox. laughs>
0: And I, I think the other thing that worries me, too, like if something like this were to happen, obviously we're all on the same page with with how crazy the, the people at Fox News are, OANN and Newsmax and all that. You can say the same for the left, but clearly the left has more power in this case to, to actually do something. But who's to say that if Fox News and then the other networks are gone, who's to say networks like The Hill? Are I mean like because are, are going to be are, are going to be left alone because they they're just they're critical of everybody yeah and 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 they're willing to call everybody out with like with real facts and 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 true information that is certainly going to be considered a threat to you know the CNNs and the MSNBCs out there so it, it's not going to stop it that the right wing media it's going to continue going totally agree it's a slippery slope as we like to say sure
2: is i mean mean, if if, like you can see you can see how it could happen too, dude like these media companies big tech they're in bed with the democrats like there could be some under the table deal hey we do this here's what we want from you we want this law changed fucking works yeah and next thing you know man like that's messy
1: yeah and they're right they'll say yeah we'll take some backlash but is it something we can't withstand no
2: if it's gonna, this new law is gonna give us X amount of immunity or billions of dollars or whatever it may be. I right, don't like it's just,
1: it. It's just so fucking stupid. It's like, uh, how do you expect to police misinformation on on all these these fucking networks? Like, where did this start? Always fucking where did, where did
2: mis- misinformation start? This whole idea around policing it. I, is I it think with Alex people Jones? are just.
1: I think. Are, no, I, I think it's this whole to stop the steal thing. Has just yeah, you know, made everyone. Yeah, that's believe- what the
2: fuel on the fire was. Yeah, it
1: just it's made everyone believe now that you know crazy people are going to be coerced into doing crazy things because of what happened on January sixth. Well, I was going to
0: say yeah. something that happened before that—the whole Hunter Biden thing with Ukraine. Yeah, you're what- right. The New York Post article got just taken off w- without any explanation or any legitimate explanation. That was before all the stop the steal stuff. I mean, to me, that was the first time that was the first sign of like, Oh my God, I like are people is this actually? No, well happening? Jared was
1: asking asking when like misinformation started. And like well, when that
0: I, Well in, in their eyes that was misinformation. So I guess yeah, that it, that's I mean like I a, the movement.
1: It. Yeah. Okay, yeah, you're right. You're right. But I mean, like, sense, you're yeah. right.
0: Like, would stop the steel that obviously gained a lot more steam. But that was like the first thing I remember when when you brought it up, Ty, and I. You were like, uh, "What was the whole? What's the term for that that we keep using? Something censorship or whatever." I'd like never heard, censorship? yeah, tech like when you said tech censorship, like what the fuck are you talking about? Like that was the first time I've ever heard of anything like that, and of course yeah. that didn't get nearly as much coverage as it should have.
1: And so look at how fast it's going. It's it went from okay, now we're policing things that are set on uh, social media platforms like Twitter and Facebook and YouTube, right? And then it went to okay, now an entire app and site has been deemed uh, unconscionable and needs to be taken down. Parler's gone. Mm-hmm. They're going after Clubhouse, which is like a new audio. Yeah,
2: Clubhouse app. is ridiculous.
1: Uh, but, you know, there was a New York Times article written about how there is unfettered conversations going on on Clubhouse and how concerning that is. It's like, again, this is like this thing where people have lost their minds into basically saying that everyone that was at that Capital riot represents everyone who's, you know, thinks the, that there was election fraud. Yeah. It's like right. people believe that there was election fraud and go on with their daily lives.
2: I think so much of this comes down to at the end of the day, Democrats wanting to continue to paint the narrative that they want by silencing the right. And then media being threatened by new waves of media. So wanting to shut those down I think, for example, big tech is threatened by apps like Parlor and Clubhouse. And obviously, the MSNBCs of the world are threatened by YouTube channels and all that. And I think it just, again, comes down to the dollars. They're just using all these other things as excuses.
1: I mean, so far, they, they, like, it's worked. That's what I mean. Like, parlor has gone. Clubhouse is under scrutiny. Now that, and, and, like, they're just moving on. Like we said, it's, now it's Fox News. I mean, look, none of us fucking watch Fox News. Yeah, I can't confess to be a fucking fan of Fox News, but, you know, just because they talked about election fraud for three months does not mean that they need to be taken off of cable television. Like, give me a fucking break. Right?
0: Yep. Yeah. I mean, and we're headed down a road where, I mean we may not ever see it in our lifetime, but I mean, we're certainly heading that direction. I mean, I like think about like North Korea. I know this is a very extreme example, but they have four TV channels that citizens have access to. And one of them, and they're all obviously government sponsored channels, government approved channels. We're headed towards that direction. We're eventually, a, this, would,
1: this would basically make it. So it's yeah, that right.
0: I mean, uh, yeah. Assuming it gains any traction in Congress and everything like that, but right. We're we're certainly headed down that path, and that's fucking terrifying. That's like, what I mean. We, that's why everything that my
1: initial like question was about how quickly will this become something that consumes our our lives.
0: Right. Like 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 they do that. Like North Korea does that, and that's uh, that's you know total totalitarianism and um, autocracy and fascism. Yeah, fascism. But we do it and we'll say that's democracy. Yeah,
1: we're like, fighting we'll, we'll, for democracy by making sure that nobody's allowed to say anything that, you know, uh is false or is, you know, yeah. not of the same belief that I have. Like
0: it, it's it's te- we're just repackaging authoritarianism and, authoritarianism and 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 writing democracy on it and liberty. Totally.
1: Yeah, like I was arguing when with my Lips dad got about a it. big cuz you know, he he's like, well, um you know, because I was like, it's not dangerous to me. Like, I don't consider misinformation like, you know, an existential crisis, like the media tells you now. It's definitely not one. Like, that's the
2: least of the worries in the
1: world right now. And, you know, he's like, well, the, you know, you don't think what happened with, you know, the Capitol riot is, you know, dangerous. And you don't think that was like fueled directly from, you know, places like Fox News and stuff like that. I was like, well, yeah, but like now, are we just going to say it, it was that bad because of what happened on January 6th? Like, I think we had this conversation before on the show. Like, it's that's a little bit of revisionist history. If no one had stormed the Capitol, would we still think it's that fucking dangerous?
0: No, they were how many Trump riots or Trump rallies were there before that? Where no one even mentioned or after thousands that. or
1: after that? Yeah. I
0: mean, it just it wouldn't have been a story.
1: And like I said, okay, well, is MSNBC and CNN going to be taken down for propagating RussiaGate for three years? And how is that any, was how is that any? How was that any fucking different? Millions of fucking people in this country believe that the election was rigged by Russia and that Trump had direct involvement in it, labeling him, you know, a. Uh, what am I trying to say? Like, it wasn't. He wasn't uh, a true president. He wasn't duly elected because. The election was rigged. No, oh, yeah. like, how's that any fucking master? different? It's not. The only it's difference the same is, thing. you know, Trump himself took it too far, right? And these people lost their mind. Like, you know, if, if just because those other people didn't storm the Capitol doesn't make it any less dangerous in terms of the information, right? We're not going to hold two different standards for based on how people react to certain information. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like pretty, pretty much, you know, it it becomes misinformation depending on the reaction to it. Yeah. Who it upsets. And then it's just like, it's a, it's a fluid definition for misinformation.
1: Yeah. Cause people say, well, Russia gate," well, whatever. I mean, nothing (laughs) happened though. Right? No one patted like, an eye
0: on that. I mean, we, we people talked about it. People were into it, but like no one really gave it any credence or any you know major no, credit. the media but,
1: covered it for vehemently for three years until it was found like out it was to fact. be complete bullshit. Yep, there was And nothing, then they just they just moved yeah. on. They don't come never back even admit and say, they were wrong. Right, they don't come back and say like, "Hey, everything we told you about this actually like none of it was based in fact." Right, and a lot of it was based in opinion and hearsay. And none of it was verified. And, like, we're sorry about that. Right. It was never said. It would never be said. And do I, do I personally care? I no, I don't give a fuck. But it's no different to me than what Fox News does when they think they have a story about election fraud and run with it. Right? right. They don't correct themselves after when it's found out to be untrue. They move on to the next thing like they did in Gate. And it was the golden shower and the dossier and, you know, it's the same exact thing. It's just the reaction was vastly different. And I don't know, you guys can tell me if I'm wrong. Do we need to hold up something to a higher standard based on the reaction to it or what?
0: I mean, obviously the reaction to it certainly fuels the fire, but like, like if like, so like you're, you're saying, for example, with, what happened at the Capitol? Like if that never happened, then nobody would be discussing any of that stuff. Obviously, it just, it just would have been another Yeah, like,
1: I, like this. This wouldn't we would not be rally. talking about this right now where they're wanting to take down like Fox News and. Right. But like quickly, well, like, with, at least I mean, sure. maybe it would have happened eventually. But
0: right. But we go back like four years ago and the whole Russiagate thing. What if something happened similar to what happened at the Capitol in relation to that? would we be talking about it the same we way that we're about talking it very about differently? It exactly. Right. Yeah. I, I get what you're saying. And I, I guess my only other question is on this topic, because obviously like and we've already said it before. We, we've already admitted that it wasn't until around like, you know, leading up to the 2016 election where any of us really started paying attention to politics. I mean, even that rel- barely for me. Yeah. Relatively like we're relatively new to, to this game and Obviously, this is not the first time the misinformation has been a problem. It just hasn't been as widespread, I, I guess, because, I mean, it, it, it just hasn't come across any of our ears or mo- or most of the public's ears. Well, and it's pre- obviously The president happened. wasn't involved in it, that's why. Well, the president wasn't involved, but, like, we've had stuff before. Like, and I'm yeah. sure there's been stuff in previous administrations where we weren't listening. The Iraq war? It was, absolutely. And, and, like, obviously, we weren't paying attention, so what has flamed the fires to the point that we are at now? Like what's, what's causing it? Social media is, is is it, is it the, you know, the, the monopolization of information and, and and using like, you know, these major corporations that are literally the, the, the puppeteers of like the CNN and the MSNBCs and control the content. I don't know. It just it. It just seems like it's esc- Like we've had crazy times. Like you said, Ty, we had a fucking war that that was started based on misinformation in right. a lot of ways. Yeah. And I don't remember Basically, it ever getting know. this. And I don't remember it ever getting this kind Good of point. coverage.
2: Yeah. Well, it still doesn't we, get yeah, why, don't why don't we fucking talk it knows, about it still that doesn't. as misinformation? CNB or MSNBC? It was, it, Never hear any it, of. it. You know exactly why. Yeah, I know. I mean, it's sarcastic. <laughs>
1: Um, they don't talk right. about real problems. Yeah, um, I think that was it for today's show, right? Uh, Do we have anything else? We're we missing anything?
2: Well lot we uh, of introspective moments.
1: Oh yeah, I, we had three that day, right? And We never got to the third.
2: Yeah, so Correct. I texted you guys the third as a reminder. The third is
1: one oh, thing the, you would oh, improve about yourself. If yeah. You could. All right, Jared. Yeah. What's one thing that you'd improve about yourself if you uh, if you could? Which is kind I of gave a weird question because some... it's like you probably could, couldn't you?
2: Um, sure, yeah, you could. <laughs> but <laughs> I, guess. So I, I gave this some thought after you texted us, and it wasn't as easy as I thought it would be to just think of something that like I could improve, and it's not because I think <laughs> I'm great. Like <laughs> let me clarify. It's not because I think I'm like all the <laughs> appropriate things. Great guy.
0: Thanks, thanks for clarifying that.
2: If anything, I think a lot of my weaknesses and most people's what you'd perceive as weaknesses and things that maybe get you frustrated kind of shape who you are and like how you do things. So I think like, so for example, um, and this is turning into a long winded answer, but for, for, for example, like, so being, I have
1: eight parts to this.
2: Yeah. Be, Each part ang- is
1: as an A, B and C subpart. Yeah. <laughs>
2: But like being um, like anxious and like always being like very, very hard on myself and um, like not settling, I think, in some ways is more like as much as it's frustrating, it's also a good thing because it pushes me to be better, right? So so I think it's those were like the initial thoughts that went through my head. Um, but the actual thing that I came up with was, I wish I had more balls to, step away from like the traditional path of life and chase an alternative path of life food truck. So for just like maybe a food truck, or it as could be an a, ex- metaf- that's a example, metaphor. That's a metaphor. That's a metaphor.
0: Like, you know, that, that food truck dream or path that you L-
2: like, like I can't even count the amount of times where I've thought to myself, like, dude, how awesome would it be if you just did this? Like, went and just traveled or went and tried to start a business or, you know, who knows. Right. Um, and I just, obviously like most people come up with every excuse in the book. on like, why wow, that's a bad idea. Or if I th- think about it at the end of the day, I don't think I would ever actually regret something like saying, all right, like I'm going to go travel for a year. And then like, I know I'd end up making my life work at the end of the day. I would end up with some homeless bum. And like, my career wouldn't go in the shitter. Be um, so that, that, that's my thing that I'd say I'd, I'd like to improve on is have more balls to act differently and follow the life that I want as opposed to the life that is easier to follow.
1: How are you going to be able to do that on a not massive scale? What do you mean? So like the way you put it, like the, the balls you need to grow is basically to like step away from your job or your life as you know it and do something different so like how are you going to do not, that not
2: necessarily a... So like I'll, g- I'll give you an example that's maybe less um that's what i'm looking like, for like yeah so this is still like pretty extreme i think to most people but like how many years in a row i've been talking about just like being a um like a nomad and spending my winters like somewhere
1: warm and working remote every year since yeah ever literally every single time. year
2: so like so like if this colorado job doesn't work out like why don't I just say fuck it and just like go be a nomad for a year and just like hop around and work and do my job remotely and just like get a really, really cool experience. And even if it's not for a year, do it for three months or four months.
1: I think that'd be fairly easy to do at this point in time. Yeah. Especially for
2: for your jobs right now. Definitely, It's not the logistic part. That's hard. It's the balls of just saying I'm going to do something that's like so different and like actually carrying through with it.
1: Oh, well that I'd say, yeah. Like, that takes less balls. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, it's definitely, it would be a huge uh, change. But you still have your income. Like, that to but me I still, is, like...
2: I would still be pretty fucking scared of doing that. Let's like just, like, putting all my shit in storage for three months and, like
0: scared about what yeah i mean yeah i was gonna say i mean you have a pretty pretty nice paycheck to fall back on like it's not like i feel like most people jared that come up with these ideas are people that cannot afford to do this stuff or Or is you
1: like put like the 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 true risk on the line and say like i'm not doing my job anymore
0: yeah like you quit your job or whatever which i know you would never do but or would i
2: That was my first. I don't think you would quit into travel a year. I think second.
0: I think second to you wanting to, you know, travel the world. Second would be I'm going to quit my job and go do something. I've heard you say that many times too. So I don't. You're obviously not going to do that. But feel like most people that work
1: out, you're coming to Austin.
0: There you go. Book it. Um, But I think most people that have your idea cannot physically, economically. do withstand that decision whereas you if you did that like you Why? said you'd it's because he's
1: is it because he's jacked physically he can do it
0: do those, those pythons d- d- you don't have to have any sort of <laughs> Oh jesus i think you're i think you're putting more work into one over the other jared i'm just gonna say it the i promise i am not i i owe
2: both tricep workouts i do are or are... Yeah, literally every tricep workout I do
0: is both arms. Are you only doing triceps? It's like anchor arms from Spongebob. Only triceps. I just want huge <laughs> triceps and nothing else.
1: So are you going to go for Austin if Colorado doesn't work out?
2: I have no idea. I've heard Providence. It's, it's, it's certainly, yes certainly no. not it's a for, sure thing.
1: Yes or no. Three, two, one.
0: Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a no it's not a no no
1: Why um, why why would you do colorado and not austin about i you? think austin in colorado was your...
2: would be fucking awesome like i've literally always wanted to live in colorado
1: i know but i thought you said austin and colorado were your two places that you you said you'd want to live
2: yeah they they are but like i don't know and i also like when i talked to matt i was like pretty clear it was like i'm not just gonna like this job doesn't work out just like change my mind and take another job that like pops up in a month or so. Um, I don't know. And I, I'd have a lot to think about. I, I'd have to decide if that's something that I really want. I think I'd be willing to take the lateral career move and like all that to go to a place like Colorado that I know would be fucking awesome. Like I've never even been to Austin. Yeah. It sounds sweet. I've never even <laughs> been there, dude.
1: <laughs> that's just your dream. You know, Rogan's down there. So, yeah, get into need. stand-up comedy. Yeah,
2: so that that's my um, thing that I wish slash I hope I improve on is have balls to take more chances in life. Wouldn't um, you
0: say you've you've taken chances like you've taken a some chance like more chances than I would think most twenty-nine year olds have taken? No. Yeah,
2: that that but I think I have a lot of room to take a lot more. Like I don't want to just have a cool pass and then just be boring the rest of my life. Yeah. Like for another example, like how many times have I said like I want to start like a food business, like a food pop up, like even weak, if I don't weak. quit my job to do a, a food truck, like I, for two years I've been saying I'm gonna st- sell food at a farmer's market just for fun, like <laughs> why, <laughs> like why, why haven't I done it? Just because I've Cause like smart, out or come up with why. excuses. Mister J because is I'm smart. Market. It would be it'd be for fun.
0: It wouldn't be to make money. Mo's yeah. Market. You're gonna give up your weekends to go to a food market, and I think it'd be a blast. Yeah, to just no, like, I wouldn't give up the whole weekends. Just my life, Saturday dude. days. <laughs> All right, we, we. I wish we could do this for like a, a month and see how it actually goes. I That's remember why it'd be a hobby. It, it sure would. I I remember specific before I go on to mine. I remember being at Brick Alley Pub with you, Mo. We were we were at the bar and like getting nachos or. That, that was really- gonna say I decided to quit my job. That was the day. Yeah, and, yeah. And I remember you That's were for, like, No, this was at Schneider before I went to Tulip. Yep. So that was like the very beginning of me witnessing, like, not the beginning, but like one experience
1: spiral into just, almost
0: like, dude, you were, uh, you were suicidal scared. depression. Yeah. You were going to quit your job. You were going to travel, do this, do that. And you seemed very sure of yourself. I remember you asked, should I do it? I was like, hey, if you, if you feel like you you, you want to do it, you should just do it. Like, why not? We're in our mid 20s. Like, what better time than now? Yeah. So it was. It was like three days
2: after we go back from Spain and Portugal. And I was like, I can't go back to work. Exactly when it was. I I, I, I literally was so convinced. I called my parents and my sister and brother-in-law and told them I was quitting my job to travel the world. And what did they all say? (laughs) They (laughs) told me I was absolutely fucking crazy and I shouldn't have listened to them. I should have just done it when I had a chance. But here we are. Here we are. You have
1: plenty of time to travel the world. Yeah.
2: Now that I've got little kiddos one day, I'll make it that much harder. Bring bring
0: the
1: kiddos with you.
0: Mm, no.
2: <laughs> You're just gonna leave leave everyone and just go travel. Well, I'm not gonna travel when I have
0: kids. <laughs> I'll travel for normal vacations. I won't travel nomadically. Well, you'll still have the second half of your life when the kids are out of the house and everything to travel. I mean, a lot of people see that as like when their second part of their life truly begins when the kids are Yeah, maybe you know, done. That seems to seem so far. It well, yeah, I mean, it probably is. Um all right, Ty, you want to go or want me to go? You can go. All right. Well, I wrote a few things down. I'm not going to read all of them, That's obviously, right. but the f- I, I ended up ranking them. And my my number. <laughs> I, love, one-
1: I love when we say give one thing to improve. By Dude, yourself. it's I hard. Like, well, it's not- I wrote down three and I ranked them.
0: <laughs> I mean, but did you? But did you just write one thing and then you're you're like done? You didn't even like have second thoughts? Like I had second thoughts about all these things. No, I didn't
1: think about it until like right now.
0: Oh, because so. I, I I prepped when we first. Throughout the segment, but I said the one thing I would like to improve would be more assertive, being more assertive and more vocal, and not just in one aspect of my life, but in all aspects. Um, I- I've always is this been
1: number three or number one. This is my one. I'm not going to read oh, the okay, others. Okay.
0: This is it. It's just I lumped uh, being more assertive and vocal into the same, same category. Um, I, I think there's times. You know, I'm obviously a more of a a passive person, and as you would say, a tumbleweed. I'm a tumbleweed. Yes, yeah. I'm, I I just kind of go with the flow, and and I'm and I I like that part about me because I'm not I'm not someone that's gonna like cause like an uproar. Like if there's like a group of us and we all want to do something, you guys already said like I I think it was actually it wasn't even somewhere in the middle yet. We did our first recording um, at Pockets studio. And I think the first thing we talked about, I think Ty brought it up, is says Adam rarely says no to anything. Yeah. And I think that's because sometimes I'm not that opinionated. And I just say, you know, whatever, fuck it. Like whatever, whatever the majority wants to do, I'll just go along with it and I'll be happy either way. And obviously I've thought that, you know, as, as much as I don't mind that part of me, there's times when I feel like I'm not as vocal Or assertive about my own opinion or or something that I would rather do and not even just with like doing stuff like outside like you know just like when we travel or whatever it's you know at work or just general conversation like interactions with you know outside in public um just things like that in general I wish I was more assertive and I cared less about like the repercussion of being more assertive you
1: know why what are those repercussions
0: well, I mean, generally speaking, if you tend to just speak your mind more often, there's you're you're opening yourself up to more the possibility of more conflict, more um controversy. Not is always that a bad thing.
1: Which is what you try to avoid, right? You would say like I would say that, I'm that's used- kinda why you're more laid back.
0: Yeah, I'm i I'm the, just my person I've always been that way. I mean, you guys know me forever. I obviously I Yeah, you're I've certainly never- agreeable. I've never been one person to be like the guy that's going to step out of line and be like, you know what, you know what, you're a fucking asshole or something. Like I just, well, I'll just kind of think stuff you'll, like that. You'll, you'll just sulk. <laughs> well, I, yeah. I mean, so the, the sulk part, that's a different level. I'm I I didn't, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't rank that one on here. I think that's just my, you know, internal shutdown mode that happens every now and then, but um, I guess it could be tied in with it, but. Yeah, I guess I, I'm not one to ruffle feathers. And that's just how I've always been. And I think that's benefited me um professionally and socially, but there's times when I'm like, you know what? Let's grow a parent and, and grow a parent, and say more than than what I've said.
1: Time to start rustling some feathers.
0: I want to ruffle them a little more than I have been. I'm not saying I want to be like the guy that just has no filter and and becomes like the asshole that just was you know, and, and it's you get labeled an asshole for being like that. Doesn't that necessarily mean you are one. It just come you just come off that way sometimes. But I'm not saying no, I want to get is. to that point. Jared, Jared comes off as an asshole. Yeah. I, I've made a point to try and be more agreeable because I know I can be a high maintenance asshole. Well, yeah, <laughs> you are. You can be high maintenance. I wouldn't call you an asshole though. I, I see. For I guess it, it depends on who it's coming from. Like i I'm so used to. You critiquing me or like nagging me or (laughs) whatever—that I don't really think of it as you being an asshole. You're just being yourself. Like it's just my insecurities from getting picked on as a kid
2: coming out.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's so it's that that's something I would like to see myself improve on. And you know, I say it, and there's times when I've been like, I'm going to do this, and I don't do it. So it's it's not something that's going to be a quick fix, and it's going to be hard because I've always been just a more passive, agreeable person
5: my whole life
0: so you know it, i don't I'm, i can't say how confident i am in that changing drastically but i'd, I'd like to take steps to improve that for myself okay it's fair
1: yeah um <clears throat> yeah i don't know i don't I feel like these ones i haven't been good on these introspective ones um i think if there're one like the only thing that came to my head is patience I think if there were one thing I would, if I could snap my finger and change, it'd be to have more patience. Um, Can you give an
0: example of like, you know, I think it's more like in my relationship.
1: Yeah, it's more like in my relationships, I guess. Like, I guess less so with friends, probably more so with Erica. Like, I just have like a short fuse. Like, I, I don't, you know, it's been, I think it's just part of like who I am, unfortunately. I think sometimes it comes out like if, you know, we're you know, like in I don't know, I feel like we have blow-ups every now and then. Well, Not blow-ups, but I don't know. Do you do you guys feel like I'm impatient?
0: Um, I would say that you you are someone who knows what they want to do or want to hear and there may be times when like if it's not fully within the parameters of how you perceive it, then yeah, I could, I could, I can see how your, your lack of patience is shown at times. Yeah. But again, that, that's just kind of how you've been. Like, I, I don't think that's, I wouldn't say it's a bad thing. I mean, like, I have patience in my job, but it doesn't mean I have patience like outside of it with everyone else.
1: So. Yeah. And I just need to do a better job of somehow trying to develop more of it. It's fucking hard, but.
2: I'm not patient either at all. So I feel you there. I get easily, even if I'm not visibly agitated, I get easily agitated and dismissive with people. If yeah, they're, yeah. if they're not doing what I think they should be doing. So I know what you mean.
1: Yeah. And I think that's like a problem for me. Um, so that was the only thing I thought of. Sure. There are other things, but, um, yeah,
2: I don't have a fucking patient bone in my body. Well, I, I wish I did. Speaking
1: on that though. I mean, going back to what I was
0: saying, I think I might have too much patience. Yeah, that's yeah. what I was gonna say. When which you right. can be, you a, get, which yeah. could definitely be a problem. Like, I, I think there, there's obviously middle ground. Like, I, like, just today, I'm gonna give you guys a quick example. I was talking to someone at work, uh, just union-related stuff. I had a team meeting to go to. And this guy is notorious for just trapping people in conversations. <laughs> well, I hate
2: those fucking people. <laughs> and
0: part of me is like, again, not being more vocal. I could say, Hey, Hey man, you know, I, I gotta get to my, you know, meeting right now. I sat there for 10 minutes to listen to him talk and just like, Oh yeah. Yeah. Like I can, you relate it. to this. the meeting. I was like, yeah. I mean, it's like, it's not like uh where the hell are you, Adam? It's like our team. So like I pop in there and we talk about stuff related to the kids and all that. So it's not like a meeting with like an administrator or whatever, but it's still like, it's a scheduled thing. I can't fucking be standing here listening. And I'm just, yeah. whereas either of you would have probably been like, I gotta go. And, <laughs> and that's that. And it may come off as like being an ass, but at the same time, like, hey, dude, I got a fucking meeting. I gotta go. Like, you don't know I have an, you don't know having a, a, you know, a right. prior engagement. Where I would just stand there and be like, okay, like, and just keep talking, and before I know it, I'm like ten minutes late. So I think that's um that that was that's a perfect example, uh, of of where having, yeah, I mean, I, I get wanting to be more patient. You don't want to be too patient, though. You don't want to end up like me, where you just
1: like, we'll sit, <laughs> you, I'll, I'll you want listen to end you. up like me.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, again, I,
1: patience I, I guess, anonymous.
0: I mean, I think I have an abundance of patience but I don't think that comes in handy all the time. Just give us a little of yours. Give us the share a little. I'll I'll give you some of my patience. I'll just
3: rip it. Yeah, out.
1: Like, and I was going to say something about like me being stubborn. Cause that, that's like a classic me thing. Um, But I, I think I like that only because I think it, it is tied to like my cynicism, which I do like about myself. I like that. Like I, you know, challenge norms, which is, I, th- I think we all have a little bit of that, which is why, you know, we enjoy doing the show is we just poke, you know, Hulk holes and shit like that and you know argue to argue um so i I was thinking that but i don't know if that'd be like what i would choose i think i would still say like patience is a huge part of what i'm missing well
2: yeah sorry you go i was gonna say it's interesting like these things that we think hey like we wish we could improve these but like they kind of just turn into who we are Right. Yeah. Like when when you're thinking about like these things, whether it's patience or being cynic, or for me like being anxious and like hard on myself, it's like that's just at this point, like that's become our personality.
1: Mm. Yeah. yeah. But I mean I think it's some... like for good for good and for bad. Yeah. And it's important that we recognize it. Doesn't mean that we are gonna be able to change it, you know, especially like overnight. Um, but I think being yeah. able to I don't think many people would enjoy doing this nor be able to like have a conversation about their shortcomings sure like, be able to recognize them, be self-aware enough to like know what they really are right uh, i mean you can argue mine isn't great but i mean yours but your guys is kind of lined up with exactly like who i know you guys to be um, right so i just think that's an important quality to have if you're you, know, you got to be able to productive. be self-critical. Absolutely,
0: yeah. you got to be able to do that. And and there's a lot of people that will see themselves as like, there's nothing wrong with me. I'm I'm fucking perfect. And there's plenty of people we know that are like that.
2: Or, or I think people who are too self-conscious and think they need to project being perfect. But like when I think of somebody's personalities, remember those little matrix that they have, like in sports video games where it's like their speed is this and like it creates this like weird shape of their skills. Mm. You know what I'm talking about?
1: Yeah. Like you're that's, all,
2: about. that's literally how I see people's personalities is like nobody in the world is perfect. Like nobody has the perfect circle where everything is a 10 out of 10. Right. It's just some people lack or have other things that are maybe stronger than others. And that weird combination of strengths and weaknesses, it just kind of makes you who you are. And this yeah, illusion yeah. of everybody should be happy all the time and perfect I think is what makes people like self-conscious and maybe not able to be openly self-critical.
1: But right. I would say like, and I don't think everything, I think mine does affect like relationships I have. Right. Um, I do think it's important to like acknowledge, you know, the, the things that you should or, you know, try, sure. should try to have the ability to change. Um, but I, I of course agree with your, your larger premise of like, you don't need to try to be someone other than yourself, but being able to recognize like that, like, yeah, honestly, if I take a step back, like Adam's like, yeah, maybe I am like too agreeable. Maybe that, you know, it isn't the best quality, right? Maybe I should think about trying to do that differently. Or Jared yeah. just saying like, I'm a huge pain in everyone's ass all the time.
2: <laughs> I'm working <laughs> on
1: it. I actually had another yeah. example
0: for for you to give just to give you an ex- maybe maybe you didn't perceive the perceive it this way but i i kind of did so miami how many times did mo and i talk about watching wandavision
4: a
1: lot
0: a lot so finally the last day <laughs> the
1: point where yeah.
2: it, like almost became a bit to make sure yeah. i was talking about it in front of you
0: <laughs> so the 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 last morning we were all there together like we're up already and is this is saturday like, morning right, saturday morning So like all yeah. right we're gonna watch wandavision so you know jared and i get in there erica's in there she's not like really paying attention emma's in there not really paying attention you come down you're like is this fucking wandavision <laughs> <laughs> and for the listeners ty like you're, you're not you're kind of over the whole marvel thing whereas jared and i are still like like 13 year olds when it comes to marvel um so instead of like doing what i would have done this is just me if, if we had right. such places i would have just like All right. I'm sitting on the couch. I'll watch. I look stuff up on my phone. I might casually watch. Instead, and this is perfect, Ty, you just removed yourself from the living room (laughs) entirely, not even the living room, the house, and went outside until the episode was over. And then you came back in. Like, I think that was like, that's a perfect example of how, like, um, there's no way I'm fucking wasting any time watching this. I'm going outside.
1: Right. Or if I had maybe a little more patience, I would have just you know